Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's Elon Daily, part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. It's a network of shows. This is the Daily Show, and it's a network of shows. And it's Tuesday, November 12th. Yeah, I think. I get it right most of the time, don't I? And i got to say that, you know, we released yesterday a big show, a grand show, a large show, a free show for all the people show. And because of that, this one is going to be short, you know, because we did a lot of recording on Sunday. But i got to tell you, I got the update, and I hadn't actually driven the car before the last update. So I've got the latest update, which one of the things is one pedal driving, and I got to go out and drive the car a bit today, running around town, you know, doing my thing. And i got to say, I love one pedal driving. I thought, you know, it's just glorified regenerative braking that's just been cranked up. And it's true, that's all it is. But it works really well. So I first noticed it when I was backing out of my parking space at home. And as soon as I put my foot off the gas, the car slowed right down and stopped. I'm like, do I have a flat? And I did it again. I'm like, what's going on here? And the third time it clicked. Oh, that's right. I got an update yesterday. I forgot about that. So then I put it into uh, frontward driving and started driving. And before the lights, it just takes a couple of time to get used to how quickly it's going to slow down. So a little bit of practice, a little bit of experience required. But then it slows right down to a stop and then it puts you into hold, which was one of the things I wasn't expecting. But it's great. So you can now anticipate when uh, you want to stop. You take your foot off the gas in this uh, case, the electron flow, and it'll slow right down, slow right down, slow right down, and then it will stop and put itself into hold, and then you hit the gas to go again. You wouldn't think something as simple as that could make the driving experience even better, but to me, it does. I like it. I do know that there are a lot of people that regenerative driving, when you take your foot off and it starts to slow down, and it doesn't sort of roll like a smooth gas car, freaks people out initially. But then after a while, you get into a normal car and you take your foot off the accelerator and you're like, why isn't this car slowing down? Where's the regeneration occurring? What's happening here? So this just takes it a step further. And I got to say, I like it a lot. And I think, I suspect, I assume that it's going to result in even more sort of range because of that regenerative uh, stuff being even more aggressive, at least around town. It's not going to work so much on the freeway. But uh, around town, I suspect it might actually improve range. Do we know? Have we heard? Has anybody said? Is that going to improve range? It's got to, right? It's got to. But I got to tell you, it feels like a brand new car. feels like a substantial upgrade, even though it's not. It feels like a substantial upgrade. And I'm never, I never cease to be amazed by the fact that this car keeps changing and getting better all the time through over-the-air software updates. And Tesla's not the only people talking about this now or doing us, even though they're years ahead. Ford has said, in what year? That's right, in 2020, they're going to be doing software over-the-air updates for some of their cars. Because it's awesome. Now, do you remember last week? Yeah, it's a long time ago. Do you remember last week when I was talking about there's a Model 3 out there and uh, you can see it on Tesla and other sites, driving around and it can see cones, these traffic cones in orange. You can see them, see them. There it is. There's one, there's one. Orange, orange, orange. Well, now the same person that um, put up that video said, and you know what? It turns out that this only occurs on hardware three cars. And so hardware three cars are March... 2019 for S and X and April 2019 and onwards, of course, for Model 3. And there are some of the older versions that have been retrofit. But as Elon said, they're not going to bother retrofitting with the full self-driving chip, the Tesla chip, um, until there's a big enough differentiation between autopilot and full self-driving. Well, this appears to be the first fork. This is the first fork in the road where the FS 
D chip is doing something that the autopilot um, 2.5 cannot do or will not do or shall not do. So we hope, therefore, this means that there's going to be a new feature and then another feature next week and then another feature the month after that. And we're going to see this fork in the road continue. And then hopefully I can get mine because I paid $3,000 for full self-driving and I haven't gotten it. And I don't really care for now because, you know, there's no um, significant difference, but this could be the first one. So at the point where there is a significant difference between FSD chips and hardware 2.5, it's going to quickly go from I'm excited about getting the new chip installed to where's the new chip and then finally great frustration because I want it now. So you're going to be able to follow that as you follow the show. And finally for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, I don't know if you listen to the big show, large show, the grand show, but, you know, I got the Model 3 update, so I just talked about the single pedal driving, and that also said that you get 5% increase in power, which is great, but it's very confusing to me about this increase in range. So now my Model 3, I just completed charging for the show. I didn't need to fill it all the way up, but I did it for the show. I completely filled up the Model 3. Now, in the most I could get in my Model 3, when I... When I first came out, when I first got it brand new, I could get 310 miles range, right? And then they did this thing ages ago where they say, oh, 325. And then that magically disappeared. And then it was back to just being able to do 310. And then the battery sort of degraded a bit. I've done about 25,000 miles and I was only getting a max of about 306 to 308 maybe. And now I'm getting 310. And I wonder if I'm actually, because it, you know, it maxed out at 310 about, 45 minutes before it stopped actually charging. So I wonder if there is significantly more than 310 in there, if there might actually be a little software bug that it's actually got about 320 or something like that, but it's only showing a maximum of 310. That would be interesting. That would be a scoop. That would be a first on Elon Daily. But it's a very complete 310 because it got to 310 and then it charged up for another half an hour or more. So... uh, what does that mean? I wonder if anybody else sees this. So if you've got the new software update, just for the show, for the show, go and fill it all the way up. If you've got a rear wheel, long range Tesla from the early days, from that first six months or so, go go charge it up for me all the way. Tom, you listening to the show? Go charge your car up, mate, and see if you can get past 310. 310 is good. 320 would be better. 322, just a little bit better. And you know, Joel Sapp, the president of the Talking Tesla Black Caucus, you know, we talked about Joel last week and he asked me the question, Mel, you know, 450 mile range Model S versus a Model 3. I think I'd still have to go for the Model 3. $50,000, which is what I suspect the difference between Model 3 and the long, long range Model S is going to be, which we might see later next year, is not worth it. But boy, I've really been thinking about it. the fact that I really could drive from San Francisco to LA without having to stop might become a really important decider in my life. I do uh, that sort of travel, that distance, reasonably frequently, let's say once a month. And I tend to do it during the holiday periods because I've got a son up there and it's usually, you know, picking him up and bringing him home because that's kind of a fun thing to do and hang out and chat. And it's usually during these peak periods where the superchargers are often impacted, but, you know, on Thanksgiving and stuff, it's terrible out there. They really can be very impacted. And so the ability to do a drive like that and just know if I've got a full tank, I don't have to stop, really is pretty nice. If it's $50,000 difference, I just don't think I can rationalize it. But, oh, it's really 
that is this struggle that I'm having, I think is important because now you've put a differentiator in there between S and three, that it's at least going to make some people stop and think, okay, it's a lot more expensive car, but it's a beautiful car. And I get a tremendous amount more range. I get over a hundred miles plus more range out of it. If you break it down on a cost per mile basis, it ain't worth it. But if you factor in well, then I won't get stuck at a supercharger for two hours every time I drive up and down during these busy periods. Time is money. Okay, that's a lot of money, but still. You get the idea. And the S is a great car. I, I don't want to you know, make it seem like I've been dissing the S the last few months. I just really love the three. I love the smaller form factor. But as we were joking about on the big show, the large show, the grand show, what about, Mel, if I gave you a three, which was just a little bit longer and a little bit wider and had a hatchback, and 100 miles more range, would you buy that three? And the answer is, yeah, probably wouldn't. It's called a Model S. My name's Mel Hubbard. The show is talking Tesla. Uh, give us a rating review. Become a patron. The next big show, large show, grand show is a patron show. And you know you don't want to miss it. Become a patron, you won't. Herbert out. Talk to you in the morrow. Wasn't so short after all, was it? No.